From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. Oregon may be on the threshold of a massive eviction crisis as thousands of renters are still waiting for rental assistance to arrive from the state. The eviction moratorium created during the pandemic expired at the end of June. And even though the federal government has provided hundreds of millions of dollars to Oregon for rental assistance, the state hasn't been able to keep up with all the applications. Here are the numbers as of this taping Thursday afternoon. Since May, more than 46,000 households have applied for rental assistance through the state program. But of those, only 15,000 or so have actually been paid. According to the Oregon Law Center, there have been more than 1,500 eviction filings for non-payment in the last few months. And more than 11,000 renters are facing an end to their eviction protections as their safe harbor period times out. At the same time, landlords who haven't received rent for months are equally frustrated with the state, saying the rental assistance system is broken. What impact is all of this having on tenants and landlords? And what can be done to keep people housed? Welcome to my guest, Kim McCarty, the executive director mm -hmm. of the Community Alliance of Tenants, Oregon's oldest tenant advocacy organization, serving the interests of low-income tenants. They have 6,000 members statewide. And Deborah Imsey is the executive director of Multifamily Northwest, a rental industry group representing a mix of large and small landlords and property managers. Thank you both for joining us here on Straight Talk. It's a pleasure to have you here to talk about this important topic. Thanks for having us. Well, let's get started with a brief summary of where we are right now with this rental crisis and the status of the rental assistance funding. We'll start with Kim. How would you describe the situation in a nutshell from the tenant's point of view? Um, thank you for that question. And from the tenant's point of view, we are in a crisis. Tenants are in a crisis. Um, it's still a public health crisis. It's still an economic crisis. You know, as you just pointed out, thousands of tenants are, don't have access to the emergency rental assistance that was promised. And we, um, we predict uh, statewide about 125,000 households are at risk because of their economic situation. And we don't have a safety net in place, so people are afraid. And frankly, um, they, we all know that the system is broken because as you just described, about 27,000 households um, are at risk of eviction, and these are completely preventable evictions simply because the emergency rental assistance isn't getting to them. And, and right now we don't have a, a fix. We don't believe that the, um, our Oregon um, housing um, um, agency can address this quickly enough, and we feel that there needs to be a legislative fix. Um, we're a membership-based organization, as you pointed out, um, low-income tenants believe that we need an eviction moratorium, and that's really the answer to our recovery while we figure out how to get this very needed resource to tenants and to landlords so we can stabilize our communities. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Deborah, from the housing provider, the landlord's point of view, how would you describe it? Well, as was mentioned in the opening numbers, 46,000 Oregonians have applied for rental assistance. And the program's been open since May, and only 15,000 of those renters have had their rent paid. After five months, renters and housing providers still are um, in the dark about what the process is, where the application is, and, and at what point that rent will be paid. 
Um, housing instability is not a pandemic specific problem, but the pandemic has amplified the problem. And after months of um, moratorium extensions and safe harbors, we can see that the problem is still not fixed at the agency. If we're going to overcome this, we are going to have to have an effective agency level result. Well, let's talk about that agency. The state has this rental assistance program called the Oregon Emergency Rental Assistance Program, or ORAP. There are a lot of acronyms I've learned with all of this. What are you hearing from tenants about the effectiveness of this ORAP system, Kim? What we're hearing is that it's very difficult um, to apply. Um, so try to imagine it's a 27 um, page application. Um, much of it is written above a sixth grade um, level. You have to come up with documentation. And if you don't have the right equipment to upload that information, you would have difficulty sharing it with um, Oregon Housing and Community Services or with your community action agency. You may not know where to get a paper application. Um, you may not know even how to get help. And, and worst of all, um, many Oregonians don't even know that that um, assistance is available to them. And Deborah, what are you hearing from property managers and landlords trying to get these applications processed? What sort of issues are they having? Well, the Alita system remains broken even after all of these uh, months and workarounds. Uh, the system is hard for renters to use, for housing providers to use, and even those that are processing um, in the Alita system are having difficulty. Um, unlike Oregon, other higher performing jurisdictions actually brought in or overstaffed early on, knowing that uh, a volume was going to come down the pike and um, encouraged conversation and cooperation between renters and housing providers um, and even expected them to have a partnership. And unfortunately, um, the uh, industry housing providers were not brought into this conversation early on where uh, many of these uh, issues I've just mentioned could have been resolved. Deborah, you mentioned something called ALITA. Can you tell us what that is, that, that acronym? Uh, sure. Um, Alita is, is the computer software that the state purchased um, from a vendor um, early on. And uh, initially it was used to process the landlord compensation fund in uh, early of this year. Uh, many problems came out as the result of that. And according to the agency, those problems were fixed. But as Kim mentioned, um, when they processing for ERAP one, um, they it became clear that the um, issues with the system were not fixed and they remain unfixed today. Well, it sounds like you both are really frustrated with the state's process. Kim, how could things be made easier, do you think? I, I think the it could be made easier if um, everyone was following the guidance of the federal treasury to use an attestation form <clears throat> um, that would help us um, um, link up with the protections that are available through Senate Bill 278, <clears throat> the safe harbor letter. So simplifying the form would certainly help, but it doesn't fix the fact that there are over um, 11,000 applications right now that have already exceeded the safe harbor period. And so there needs to be a fix for those households um, 
right now. And there's no amount of, of fixing Alita um, or, or anything else, I believe, that would um, help those households. Deborah, what do you think? What do you think the state can do to improve this whole system? Uh, well, I agree with Kim in that there's a, uh, a need to follow the federal treasury guidelines, which allow uh, a lot of, um, it relaxes the restrictions and allows them to get the money uh, out, out the door faster. In terms of the 11,000 folks that um, are, have gone out of, quote, the safe harbor period, uh, those folks should be pro prioritized if they qualify the Treasury has given authority for the state to set up a system where those checks could be written right now. We invited to the show a representative from the Oregon Housing and Community Services Department, and that's the agency in charge of distributing the rental assistance money. Uh, they couldn't appear on camera with us today, but we have a clip from a press conference last week from OHCS Director Margaret Salazar. Let's listen to what she said then. We believe we have sufficient dollars for everyone who has submitted an application in the queue today, we're fighting hard for folks that have not yet applied to ensure that Oregon will have resources available for those future applications. And what we're seeing is that the metro area in particular got uh, just slammed with a, a big influx of applications. And we have not seen the local program administrators be able to keep up with that influx of applications coming in the door. The state also told us it now ranks sixth in the country for state spending in the percent of federal emergency rental assistance funds that they've distributed. That ranking comes from the National Low-Income Housing Coalition. In addition, the state says it has paid out more than $100 million to landlords on behalf of tenants. Kim, what's your reaction to what uh, Margaret Salazar said? Um, well, my reaction to that standing is um, based on what tenants are experiencing, it, it gives me pause and concern for what tenants are experiencing nationwide. Um, because while we may be doing well by that metric, um, I know that tenants are not doing well. We receive hundreds of calls. Um, people um, have just recently lost their um, benefits for unemployment. People are not back to um, full employment. Um, so there's a lot um, of at, at risk here, and, and we're very concerned, um, and we'd like to see um, the state do more. And Deborah, do you have a reaction to uh, the state's explanations that we heard? Yes, I do. There's only one metric that matters, and that's whether or not that resident who is suffering from housing instability got their rent paid. So, uh, uh, it's not of much interest to housing providers or to their residents um, who are waiting to find out if compensation is coming, what we rank in the country. What matters to them is did the rent get paid? And we can see by the numbers we've been talking about today and the concerns that Kim has mentioned about um, uh, the folks that are calling them and the concerns my members have as they have gone 18 months being leveraged, and now we're at a place where they have to have some income or they're, they're going to have to sell in order to pay their bills. 
Well, let's talk about something that's come up already, Safe Harbor. That's part of Senate Bill 278. The legislature passed this summer to provide additional protections for tenants while applying for rental assistance. Tenants got 60 days Safe Harbor from eviction, and Multnomah County extended that to 90 days. But for many tenants, that Safe Harbor window is timing out. What does that mean right now for tenants, Kim? Um, well, as we've already pointed out, um, a number of tenants that have applied have um, already ex um, exceeded that safe harbor window, and um, more are added to that daily. Um, the, the courts are open, um, evictions are, are happening, um, and that safe harbor letter um, is, while it's very important, it's um, we're learning that it's not a sufficient protection. Um, the, the state needs more time. And frankly, we don't know how much time it takes for a landlord and a tenant to get that information into the state to adequately um, complete that application and, um, and get that check cut. And since we don't know that, um, we think that time frame, the 60 day and the 90 day time frame is completely arbitrary and it's not protective enough of tenants. And Deborah, what does that safe harbor mean for landlords and property managers? And what happens now that is ending for many tenants? Will will they be evicting the tenants? Well, I, I think it's important to understand um, how the the safe harbor works. First of all, um, the uh, tenants are in are being encouraged to wait until they get the uh, notice of termination from. Uh, the owner or the property manager. So um, it's it, the time period is is in most cases far longer than 60 or 90 days because that's the amount of time that the um, resident is waiting and then they get the notice of termination and then that starts the clock kicks, um, ticking for another 60 to 90 days. So in in reality, um, the, uh, the time period in most cases is greater. In terms of when the point in time comes um, where an eviction is necessary, I think if uh, providers felt that there was some reason to believe that compensation was coming and was guaranteed, there are folks who would be willing to wait even further. It's clear folks have been waiting because uh, evictions for, for non-payment of rent are at 50% or less than pre-pandemic numbers. So uh, providers have been waiting, but they've also been leveraged for 18 months. And as I mentioned earlier, at, at some point, they have to have their bills paid and vacancies are low and unemployment rates have returned to pre-pandemic levels. So you don't support extending the safe harbor period? Absolutely not. Some landlords haven't gotten paid, as you mentioned, Deborah, for 18 months. Tenants have until the end of February 2022 to pay back their entire non-payment balance. Kim, how realistic is that timeline for people to pay back their rent? What, what happens then? If you haven't um, received emergency rental assistance, I think it's not realistic that someone's going to be able to pay back that rent. But that's why there is an emergency rental assistance program in place. And for those who have applied, um, it appears that there's sufficient funding um, for those applicants. And so that should give um, some reassurance to landlords that they will be compensated. Um, 
And of course, there are many people that still have not applied or not are not aware of the program. And so um, more funding will be needed. We feel that the time frame needs to be until um, that both landlords um, and tenants need um, a pause on evictions is, is best for everybody because that will give time for both our federal and state governments to get that needed assistance um, to, to both landlords and tenants. And as we go to break, here is the website for the emergency rental assistance application. And if you've already been served an eviction notice, you can call the Oregon Law Center at the number on your screen now, 888-585-9638. House Speaker Tina Kotex calling for a special session of the legislature to fix the problem. We'll find out what our guests think about that and what they want to see lawmakers do. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We're talking about a looming eviction crisis if tenants aren't able to pay their rent before their eviction protections run out. And welcome once again to my guest, Deborah Imsey, is the executive director of Multifamily Northwest, a rental industry group, and Kim McCarty, the executive director of the Community Alliance of Tenants, Oregon's oldest tenant advocacy organization. Now, some lawmakers have asked the governor to extend the eviction moratorium, but her office has said she doesn't have the authority that only the legislature can amend laws it has passed. So now House Speaker T Tina Kotek is calling for a special session to fix the housing problem. She tweeted about it a couple of weeks ago, and the governor has said she would support it only if they've rallied enough votes for a legislative fix ahead of time. So let me ask you, Kim, first, do you support a special session? Absolutely. Um, Community Alliance of Tenants has been calling for a special session because um, we've been we've learned that this is really the only path forward, both to give um, Oregon Housing and Community Services the tools that they need to improve the process, to put a pause on evictions and other, find other safety nets for Oregonians. And what do you think, Deborah? Do you do you support a special session? We don't support a special session and the reason we don't is because there's nothing about a special session that will fix these problems. Kim mentioned the tools that o o Oregon Housing and Community Services has been given. Yes, they've been given a lot of tools and a lot of money over the last uh, 18 months. And our policymakers have been very proactive in, uh, in their ideas with regard to tenant protections and uh, you know extensions of the moratorium and safe harbors. And here we are today having the same discussions about a, a broken process and a broken system. So the system needs to be fixed. The agency needs to fix those systems. And that's what will do the job for our Oregon renters, not another special session. Deborah, could a special session be beneficial if they were able to fix the complicated application process and perhaps find some new sources of funding in a special session? Well, I think I, we would always welcome new sources uh, of funding, but those um, sources of funding through the federal government um, uh, will come will come one way or the other if it's decided, probably not until spring. Uh, the e-board could put money towards the problem right now if that's what's necessary. But lawmakers don't set policy to fix broken software. That has to happen at the agency level. And our legislative leaders need to hold the agency accountable to get the job done. Kim, do you have a reaction to that? 
Yes. Um, first, what our legislators, the, the, the ask that they made was an impossible ask to begin with. Asking a state agency to disperse hundreds of millions of dollars that they've never done before with just a, f a few months, it the money was only available um, in around the time of the summer, um, set up the system, hire the people. Um, so it's really, I believe, our legislators that set up a scenario that just wasn't realistic and they need to acknowledge that and go back to the drawing table and give the state agency the, the right tools to make this pro um, system work. The state has approximately 204 million available for renters, but almost 350 million has been requested by more than 46,000 households. Again, those are numbers as of Thursday, and those households have submitted applications for rental assistance. That far exceeds the amount of money the state has to give out. Deborah, how concerned are you? There just isn't enough money for those who need it and, and to pay landlords. Well, always concerned and uh, but as I mentioned the e-board could put more money uh, into rental assistance and I think it's difficult to know right now just how subscribed the uh, the system is because frankly the landlord compensation funds have not all been distributed yet and we have not received accountings for these various rental assistance programs so at this point, I don't know. Uh, I, I certainly know that more money is necessary, but I don't think we know what the dollar amount is at this point. All across Oregon and in Portland in particular, we're seeing a significant increase in homelessness. Uh, Kim, are you worried the crisis could become worse with a possible wave of evictions? I'm very worried that it could become worse um, and it doesn't take much to make it worse. Already our social service agencies are at capacity. Um, we, um, Multnomah County, um, as I understand it, doesn't have any more shelter beds. We don't have um, an alternative. We don't have a plan B. Um, really, to protect the public health, we need to keep people housed. And, we, and the best way to do that is to put a, a pause on evictions until this rental assistance, which is our main tool, is distributed both to tenants and, and, and in kind to landlords. And, and Deborah, what do you think about that, that there's no safety net for folks who get evicted, that it could lead to a, a worse homeless crisis? Well, I think that providers are doing everything they can to try to help their, their residents get the rental assistance they need. But we have got to quit leveraging the housing providers because we already have a serious shortage of housing uh, in the state of Oregon. And we, we don't need that problem exacerbated by having housing suppliers uh, get out of the industry because they can no longer be in it from the length of time that they've been leveraged. And, and as far as the safety net, uh, you know, this, this is an awful problem in this state, but it was a problem before the pandemic. And what needs to happen is legislators need to come up with a comprehensive policy for all parts of the state that gets the safety net in place that folks need to have in place. We have time just for a quick thought, Kim, to, to close things out, uh, a final thought. Um, yes, um, whatever you believe that OHCS needs to do to solve this problem, only a special session can give OHCS the tools that it needs and the protections that tenants need while they wait for assistance. 
And I want folks to know that if they um, want help, they can go to OregonCat.org for more information. Um, and I want you to know that we are um, do our work based on donations and you can find us in the Willamette Week gift guide. And Deborah, final thought from you. Yes, we should be speeding things up, not slowing them down. We cannot legislate a solution to a broken software program. We need agency level solutions and accountability. We are genuinely concerned that if there is a special session, we will be kicking the can down the road and having the same conversation in March. Renters and housing providers have worked together to do their job. It's time for the state agencies to step up, do theirs, and get that money to the folks that are desperately in need of it. Well, thank you to our guests. Once again, here's that website for the Oregon Rental Assistance application and also the phone number for the Oregon Law Center for anyone who's already been served an eviction notice. Thank you, Kim McCarty, Deborah Imsey, and thank you for watching and listening. Remember, you can get Straight Talk as a podcast. Search for KGW Straight Talk. Next week, we're talking about the organization People for Portland. That's coming up on Straight Talk next week. Have a great week.